you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in service of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What an honor it is to have you guys tune in this broadcast and allow us to be part of your days as we look at the life of Christ, as we talk about the junk we've been through in life and how the life of Christ and the things we're learning about God, how he can minister to us and make a difference in us. He's still the God of miracles. He's still the God of salvation. He's still the God of our lives. He's still... He's still God, and we're still human. And folks, when we when we get that messed up, when God becomes small and we become big, we're in the wrong place because we serve a great big God, and we're these little teeny specks that are just going to blow away someday. And so what we can do for God is all that matters. And one day we'll stand in front of him and take those crowns. If we can earn something, if we could take those crowns and lay them at our Lord and Savior's feet and forever uh, be there with our family and friends who accept Christ and worship a wonderful Savior. Oh, how we look forward to that day. So with me, as always, our friend Kevin, he's still out there in Kernersville. Good morning, Kevin. Good, good rainy morning, Doug. (laughs) Yeah, praise God. So Kevin, just, just, to enlighten our friends who listen and are part of our days. So you travel, when, when you travel in your coach, you'll generally know where you're going. When you leave one place, you'll have a church set up. Is that how you do it? Yeah, that's correct. Um, there's just been a few cases where I did an Abraham and I left not knowing whither I went. Yeah. Um, I just knew I had to, you know, it was time to go and and something hadn't opened up. And so there was contingencies. That's never fun. But uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. But, you know, um, it's it's uh, the general rule is I go from project to project. And if I have a wounded spirits project or a big military project on the way, so there's a time frame for that. Well, if I have time on the way and I, if I'm crossing the country or you know, if there's any distance, I'll try to book meetings on the way, or I've got seven kids scattered around the country. I'll try to go see them. And, uh, and, and I have a network, praise God, of friends that are pastors. And a lot of times they'll say, Hey, if you're ever in the area, just swing in and hook up hook up your rig here and, you know, we got a 50 amp hookup for you, sometimes water and sewer. And, uh, brother, it just, it just makes it nice to serve the Lord and have people, you know, that are desirous to bring you along. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll throw a hundred dollars in the offering or something and cover the, you know, just kind of offset the electricity and then some, but, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of serving God and, and, uh, letting him lead. Yeah, praise God for that. And, you know, it's funny how you say you get there and you hook up. And we used to have that old song in the Army, stand up, hook up, shuffle to the door, jump right out and count to four, the old Airborne song. And if that shoot don't open <laughs> wide, I've got a reserve by my side. And if that one should fail me too, 
Look out, world! I'm coming through. It's funny how you remember stuff like that. <laughs> you have Jody a real, calls, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember them all. I used to sing them. I, I was that tall guy with that loud voice. I, I, 26 years, I was out there singing something. But we find ourselves that <laughs> we made it to a wonderful chapter. So the Book of John for me, uh, I remember years ago when I studied the Book of John in college. One of the first things that, and, and it was, I think it was the first class I ever had. I was doing the Liberty Home Institute. I I had already graduated with a secular degree. The first Bible class before Bible college, before seminary, I was doing the Liberty Home Institute with, with a, a church. And the first book I ever bought was named The Gospel of Belief and talking about the book of John. And boy, it is the gospel of belief. And there's so much we can learn. We find ourselves in the chapter of belief, in my opinion. It sets some rules. It tells us what's going on. So we're in John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And uh, folks, let's dig in in chapter three, I guarantee you when we wake up depressed, when we wake up upside down, when the world doesn't seem right, when we open up the word of God and we know what it means to believe in God, what it means that God can change us and the things that he does. And here in verse one, it said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus and a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, what we know that thou art the teacher come from God. Thou art a teacher come from God. I'm sorry. I promised a brother Kevin I would only read on my computer, and I went over to my Bible again where those, pay, you know, don't get old, folks. That's the number one rule. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And there's a lesson there, and I want to stop. And yesterday I pointed out, and Kevin pointed out, there's so many false preachers and stuff that are out there saying, man, I can do this for you. I can make a difference. Come see me. I'll, I'll tell you how to be rich. I'll tell you how to do these things. But the Bible is clear, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily. And that's kind of words for listen, listen. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So many times in my life I've been led astray on things with such as miracles and things that men can do. But God's word is so clear here. So here we are, we're looking at a conversation between this pharisaical ruler, a Pharisee, somebody who is just all dug into the scripture, look what I can learn. I know the law says this, I do this. And uh, he approaches Jesus, and he does it at nighttime because he doesn't want his buddies to see him. And, uh, and Jesus teaches him, hey, you can be whatever you want, do whatever you want, but if you're not born again, Kevin, you're not nothing. No. No, it's interesting. Um, Nicodemus, the name, means champion of the people. <clears throat> and it, it could be taken to mean uh, conqueror of the people, but from what I'm reading, it's champion of the people or triumph, triumph of the people. And, um, and his character kind of echoed that, uh, he had a statesman style, uh, about him. You know, I think he was raised, you know, to be of good stock. He became a leader and, um, and he was an honest Pharisee. In fact, later on, um, uh, in John chapter seven, there toward the end when um, they were talking about judging Jesus and, and condemning him, Nicodemus stood up to the rest of the Sanhedrin and said, doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? 
So he was speaking up there kind of toward, you know, the rights of the people, you know, does the law judge any man? In other words, let's let, let's look at Jesus as a citizen of uh, a Jewish citizen and how are we going to treat him as a citizen? And, and so he became a, a little bit of an advocate there for Jesus, but, um, and he had probably gotten saved, you know, here in John chapter three, but it's interesting, the name there. And then, uh, yeah, just like you said, you can be a champion of the people. You can be, someone says, you know what, the, the, the people are going to be victorious and I'm going to lead them. I'm going to be like a, uh, a, a, a representative. I'm going to be a Senator. I'm going to be someone who's an advocate for the people and a champion their, their cause. But at some point you got to come to recognize I and the rest of the people have to be born again. We are not in ourselves. Yeah. We need our rights covered for, but we also have to admit that if we got what we deserved, uh, we would go to hell. And, and that is exactly what Jesus told this guy. He said, in verse three, verily, verily, or truly, truly, this is the truth. Listen to me now. And unless, except a man be born again. So unless you're born again, buddy, you aren't going to see the kingdom of God. And, and you know that I remember talking years ago, uh, visited a truck driver. We were planting a church and I visited a truck driver in Kentner, Texas, knocked on his door. The truck driver didn't want to talk a whole lot. He just sat on an easy chair watching TV, but ended up talking to his boy. His boy was about eight, and the boy had the brain of an 18-year-old. He was awesome. And so I was explaining the new birth to this boy, whoever was with me that went knocking on the door. Um, oh, I think it was Don Kirk. He was a pastor there, a missionary. But uh, we were talking to this boy, and I just said, son, let me just tell you something, that if you were born only once you're going to die twice. And, and I see we're up against the clock, brother. I'm going to hand it back to you and finish this. Oh, okay. And uh, now it was a good story. I remember Don Kirk, to be honest with you. I, I, I met him somewhere along the way. I don't know why, but the term Pharisee, what Kevin was getting as, as a Hebrew meaning of being separated, being set apart, you know, I'm this high religious person. I can't be hanging out with the Gentiles. I can't be hanging out with the people down the road. I can't be hanging out with the guy across the street from me, which is so far from what God's word says. We should be reaching out to them. We should love them. Uh, you know, what kind of love is that? And Jesus immediately deals with this guy. I mean, he's coming in the darkness of night. God knows everything. We talked about that this week in our hearts. He has total knowledge. And he knows why this guy's sneaking up to him in the darkness of night. He's afraid of his buddies. But you know what? Christ never played games. There's a lesson there for every one of us. He never played games. And uh, he just told the truth. Folks, we're so glad uh, that we can talk about these things, but we'll be right back. Let's let these broadcasts do what they have to do. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
And so here you got, we're, we're so set apart. We're so separate. And, and folks, I know people like this. This isn't God's will for our lives. We're not supposed to be going and hanging out at the bars with people and, and things like that. But, you know, there's a need. Immediately, God points out to this set apart, this high Christian, this person who won't hang out with the Gentiles, won't take certain roads, won't be found in certain places, right away, the Lord tells them, hey, it's about a spiritual rebirth. It's about me. It's about a general, you know, this this general relationship, genuine, I'm sorry, relationship with me. And, and again, we talked last time about how there's an inward transaction that happens, a transition within us that changes us. And, and uh, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And I think there's a humility that's talk, taught to Nicodemus here. You know, here's this prominent ruler. And, and, and folks, we've mentioned this every day this week, that it's not about the man. It, it, it's not about the temple. It's, it's not about uh, reputation. It's not about any about that. It's about their God. There's no longer a high priest between us and God. There's God. We don't have to go through people. We have a direct line. Our God is sitting at the right hand of our Father, and he's an intercessor for us. He's interceding for us. So when we get all pious, and you know, I, and I've met people who show this uh, piousness, or what do they call it, piety, and uh, uh, where, where they're all religious, where they know everything, where they throw it in your face. I know the law. I know this. Get away from me. It's only me. That's not my God, Kevin. My God tells the truth. He talks about how we need to transition, how there needs to be an inward change in us, and how we need to be born again. Yes. Well, and I was telling the story there, and uh, I was I watched the time and actually ended my story too soon because I, I had the time wrong. But um, <laughs> I was yes, wondering about I was going to throw it back to you, but I said, it's all yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's uh, – there is a there is a need for a second birth. I was talking to this eight eightish year old boy yeah. who who had the I just thought he had the brains and understanding of an eighteen year old literally. And as Don Kirk and I were talking to him, um, I was explaining the 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 second birth. And I was explaining the second death. You know, and and in Revelation two twenty chapter two chapter twenty. It's twice in chapter 20 and then once in chapter 21. So four times the term second death is used in the book of Revelation. Uh, verse 14, for instance, says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So talking about a, a huge body of fire and people that were resurrected that whose name's not in the book of life, go they're cast into this and they're tormented day and night forever and ever and and i had to tell this eight-year-old boy i said that's that's, the bible does teach this and he might have been 10 you know i don't know he was of the age of understanding i do know that and as i told him that um story i said this i said if you're born once you're going to die twice but i said if you're born twice you're going to die once because you'll, you'll escape the second death. Actually, I didn't say that. I just explained the second death and the, and the second birth. He said this, and this is a boy, an unchurched boy. He said, so what you're saying to me is if I'm born once, 
I'll die twice. But if I, if I'm born twice, I'll die once. I, I literally did not pitch that to him at all. And, you know, in that statement, though, I, though I knew that, that parallel, how to put it that way, I didn't have to, he took it. And I said, that's exactly right. And I, that's, if his name was Chris or something like that, I said, that's right, Chris. And you have to be born again. And he said, I want to be born again. And we bowed our head and he was gloriously saved. He gave his life to Jesus right then and there, accepted him as his Lord and Savior. And, you know, as a boy or as a, you could be like my dad, who was 74 years old when he trusted Christ, you know, whatever the situation, when you recognize that your first birth does not cut it because your first birth is with a condemnation. He that believeth on him is not con- is condemned already. He that believeth not is condemned already. Um, if you recognize you're born condemned, then you got to realize uh, I've there's got to be a second family that can be brought into. How can I? I need it to be regenerated. I need regenerated a second time, and that's what this boy did, and and my dad and. But I know that's what I did. Me too. Yeah. 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 Now, Kevin, you're going to remember this. You being a, a, a song leader as well as starting churches and being a pastor, I'm sure many times you led music until your boys get old enough or whatever. Do you remember yeah. that happy birthday song? They added stuff to it. So it was like, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Uh, may God. Only one you. will not, not do. do. There it is. Yeah, so, born again means salvation. How many have you? That's one version of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was trying to remember. I know they had to have a second birth in there, and I never knew that song. You know, we didn't sing that. We preached that. But I always thought, man, that's a good song. <laughs> you know, it makes you yeah. think as you get ready to do those things. So here we are, folks. Yep. And you know, here's Nicodemus. And he's coming to the Lord at night. And I mean, this is a picture. Kevin was talking about this eight-year-old boy who had it right. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit of God was doing a work there that day. And and this this young man got it. And, you know, we'll spend eternity with this then 18-year-old boy or eight-year-old boy who's probably 18 or 20, whoever, however old he'd be today. Uh, we'll, you know, it's about, it doesn't matter how old we are. It's about the relationship with God. It doesn't matter how spiritual we are because we just had the most spiritual of spiritual. We just had Nicodemus, uh, you know, that great leader of the sect and, and Pharisees there snuck up at yeah. nighttime. And he's having a relationship or having a definitely a conversation and beginning a relationship with God. And he's like, you've got to be God. I've seen the miracles. I've heard the preachers. I've seen the loud people. I've seen the stadiums full. I've seen be, people being thrown on the floor. I've seen all that, but nothing equals what I've seen in you, God. And, uh, and he starts talking to God about that. And Kevin, just like you talked to that eight-year-old boy, the Lord comes right back to him and says, listen, it's never been about, even these miracles, it's never been about what men can do. It's about being born again. It's about a belief in me. It's that faith, Kevin. Yeah. But when I was born again, I, I had no idea what the term was. I think I'd heard it somewhere along the line. I wasn't raised in church. I, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter said, you know, he was born again. And then other people were like, well, my car has been born again. I, you know, had it, had it, uh, to the refurb shop, but 
you know, there's just a lot of confusion. But when I, I do know this, when I got it down on my knees and I said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I need you. If you want to come into my life, this is how I put it, because I was alone in my bedroom. <laughs> I didn't have anyone to help me. And I just said, Lord, this I had a Bible by my side. I said, Lord, according to this book, I'm a sinner. And according to this book, you, you died for sinners. And, and, and you must love me. And if you want to come into my life, come into my heart and save me now. And I tell you what, a weight of, of immensity that I didn't even know existed was lifted off my shoulders. And um, when I got up, I was born again. I, I was radically changed. Now, I didn't look different. I, I didn't necessarily talk different. But the, the, the ger, you know, you say the germ, the, 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 the real li the life of God. I was born again with an incorruptible seed, it says in Peter. That incorruptible seed was planted in me and I was changed. And uh, yeah, it's a new birth and it's it's. Being born it's again. a transformation, a spiritual regeneration, as Kevin said, and you can have it too. Remember, it's not about man. It's not what we can do. It's not even about miracles. It's about a relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, about believing every word. You must be born again. We surely do love you, folks. We hope you have a great weekend. We look forward to hopping right back in John chapter 3 next week in the life of Christ and how he can make a difference in our lives. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.